the next lyric is Let It Sink Back in the Ocean, which is not appropriate for this time. I wonder if they're going to change that for the revival. Always the governor tweeting, always the scandal he is meeting, insulting Ricky Martin, making fun of chunky people. He is truly a dickhead. I say good riddance to assholes. Okay, I don't, I no longer have anything else that rhymes, but um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to sing part of that song because it has the words Puerto Rico in it. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Cake and Bucha. Whoa, Cake and Kombucha. The Hot Girl Summer Edition. I'm not drunk. I may be heat stroking out. In any case, bear with me. The show is called Cake and Kombucha. I am your host, Kilechi Azie. Welcome back, friends, family, fans, people across the interwebs. I'm so glad to have you here. Cake and Kombucha is a place where we talk about current events, thoughts, squirrels, cardboard boxes, politics, the huge, the news, the scandals, the not scandals, the musings, the confusings. That's what we do here. I'm very happy to have you back. Let's hop right into some housekeeping. Just some housekeeping notes for this week. Vegan baking. It's not something that you should just throw yourself into if you, if you don't have a good egg substitute. Bananas are one of the strongest scented fruits in the whole world. Everyone is an immediately recognizable scent and flavor. I remember when we were in chemistry class in high school and like artificial banana flavoring is like this really like widely used chemical compound that we had to like take it out and just, I don't really like bananas. But my point about it is why would you bake with them as an egg substitute and just pretend we can't taste it? If any vegans are listening, can you just let me know if when you become vegan, do you sign a waiver saying that you're willing for everything in in life that you put in your mouth to taste like a banana? It's not like I think avocado would go better as a binder for a, a this is all in reference to a chocolate chip cookie I had this afternoon. I think avocado would be a better binder because it's kind of just like another fat, so you can and you can make it like I know people put avocado in brownies sometimes. I've made an avocado chocolate mousse when I was doing paleo. Um, I, I don't think banana's it. I don't think it's it. So I had a chocolate chip cookie that tasted like a banana, but it wasn't labeled a banana chocolate chip cookie. Fun fact, I'm also allergic to banana. Wait a minute. My whole face just felt kind of itchy, and I thought it was because the dog, she got on the couch and sneak attack licked my forehead. But honestly, around my mouth is a little tingly too. Maybe it's from the cookie. Usually when I eat banana, my mouth puffs up. And so I didn't, I haven't had it. I don't eat it anymore. Thank God I can still have plantain. Anyway, those are my housekeeping notes for this week. Just a quick um, observation slash admonishment. Stop with all the banana. Find another binder. You can get that company Gen G, that Asian food company has been around way before, uh, Everyone was into gluten-free and egg-free and everything. It's like a nice tapioca starch, potato starch mixture. You put a tablespoon of, of um, water in. You mix it up. That's your egg. These are not eggs you can scramble. This is just like a binding agent. I don't, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't 
maybe I don't know. I don't bake really that much, so maybe that's not thick enough or something. But all I know is this banana nonsense has to stop. Okay, so this scandal is rocking black Twitter, black media, but also in mainstream outlets as well. Over the weekend, pictures surfaced of Nicole Murphy, ex-wife to Eddie Murphy, and Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day, full-on making out in Italy, which would be fine if Fuqua wasn't married to goddess Lila Roshan for 19 years. So to compound the strangeness, Nicole released a statement saying that they were old family friends and it was a friendly kiss, which is absurd. I don't know what kind of friends, PR, like spin makers she has around her. I don't know what she thought was released at first, but she knew it was a picture of them kissing because she said it was a friendly kiss. And neither of the like eight pictures released show anything resembling a friendly kiss, even in Europe. Because there's no tongue in, um, like, the, the le bisou or the three kisses that they do in other places. This was just a wild, wild excuse, ill-timed, whatever. Then, after everyone dragged her across hot coals because Lila Rashan is married to Antoine Fuqua, she backtracked and said she would like to apologize to the family, to her family. She would never do something like that. She was once married herself and would never put anyone in that position. Okay, so to make things even juicier than Lisa Ray, just like all, these are all the 90s like people. Lisa Ray comes out saying, you messed around with someone's husband again? And then she had an angry uh, statement to like a paparazzi where she said that Nicole cheated with her husband back in the day, was messing around with her ex-husband, and that we're all family, we all know each other, how are you going to do this, and then be like at events together, and then be like at somebody's barbecue, and you know, it was, it was kind of interesting, because she seemed to be mitigating, like, it's okay to cheat, but like, not inside of the social circle. So just in watching this, I just learned about all these like 50-year-olds, rich black people that all date and sleep with each other and marry and remarry each other over the years. It's kind of like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where they were all, all every one of their ex-husbands was married to Nicolette Sheridan for some reason. (laughs) But anyway, I, okay. So have I covered the details? Yes. Okay. Those are, those are, those are the bones of the story. So, so many, this has belied so many issues, uh, misconceptions, damaged beliefs in our society, in our, especially in our, um, I would say in our culture. Well, it's kind of broad. It's kind of universal. I wouldn't say just black culture. It's universal. I mean, there's so many things. There's like colorism, whatever. So, I mean, Nicole Murphy, her body is just absolutely ridiculous. Like she's 53 years old. She has rock solid abs, boobs, which might be enhanced. Um, hourglass figure and like a giant badunkadunk. It doesn't make any sense. And she's 53. Like it makes no sense. However, to me, her face looks like an evil succubus. She has ice blue eyes, like a white walker that, I mean, it's like a dementor or something that would suck your soul out. And that's apparently what she does to these families, sucks the soul out of them. Uh, my roommate Haja says she looks like the pterodactyl from Jurassic Park that opens the door. And that is my little pushback against the idea that everyone light-skinned is pleasing to the eye. Sometimes when you have blue eyes and darker skin, 
Like sometimes if you're a black, blue-eyed person, you might look like a demon in her case. It just, I, I push back against the idea that everything light-skinned and blue eyes is pretty. But yes, is she like a visually like stunning, arresting woman? Yes. I mean, her body alone, like she could be the headless horseman. Her body is crazy. So part of me that kind of like neutral on moral stuff, like, hey, everyone's going to do stuff I wouldn't do, so whatever part, is like a little bit entertained that it, she's still like making the rounds around rich men's beds. Like they could be going with a younger woman, but they're sleeping with her um, and like hooking up with her and, and seeking out a 53-year-old woman to have an affair with. So goals, so you guys like things to talk about in common, I guess, or something. Cool, cool, cool. But, and like Leela Rashan, growing up, I thought she was just like the one of those beautiful women I'd ever seen, like her and Neil Long. Leela Rashan was just this beautiful, like, epitomized, like very African-American looking, just beautiful, like the the black girl next door. Um, stunning, stunning woman, just smile that is just like the biggest, whitest Colgate smile, really bright brown eyes. I just love Leila Rashan. Like I saw like myself in her and and she just had a good energy and spirit. And it was before a lot of, you know, we didn't have the internet everyone exposed across social media. So I don't know what kind of person she was like. I just liked her energy and inferred that she was sweet. So now she has gained weight. She's pretty heavy. And she had two kids and has lupus, which is an autoimmune disease that you usually have to take prednisone, which is a steroid that makes you extremely bloated. So of course there are nincompoops on the internet saying that Antoine Fuqua cheated on her because she gained weight. So of course he's going to cheat with somebody who's more fit. And I'm like, are these the same people that are like Christians talking about death to us part? Like, what do y'all believe? Is the point of marriage to have abs or is it that you made a decision to be with someone and have a family? I'm confused. Furthermore, he cheated on her when she was thin and his face looks like a giant orb, just like an M&M or a chocolate M&M. Like it's not, there's nothing to look at. He's got with a, with a cap way down low and a beard, with a cap covering three-fourths of his face and a beard, yeah, his body looks really tight. So, like, okay, uh, does he want a second, like, life as a personal trainer and just date other personal trainers? Like, that has nothing to do with anything. It's so stupid. And I just really don't understand the suggestion that someone's marriage vows should be forsaken because a woman is bigger, like having carrying children to term healthily for a man getting an autoimmune disease is not letting yourself go. And her letting herself go is basically average America. It's average America. So I just, you know, some of the people, even women I've seen on the internet talking about, that's why you have to take care of yourself, da, 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 are not attractive themselves. And I only like to talk about how attractive people are if, if they're mean or they just egregiously look like a dinosaur. Like if there's something I can easily identify, I'm going to say it. I think I look kind of like a koala bear. That's fine. Um, it's fine. It's all, it's all good. So yeah, it was just so, but the most sexist part of the story, if you can believe there's something even more sexist than that is the fact that Nicole Murphy has released a statement and Antoine Fuqua has said nothing. I'm literally at a loss for words. I have scoured the internet for people who even intimate that Antoine Fuqua should say something, and I can't find it. I really don't understand how one of those people in that scenario was married and one of them isn't, and she's the one that has to explain it to herself. Like, literally every article is focused on her. 
TMZ, they were like, so people want to know what Nicole was doing there in Italy. Uh, probably minding her damn business, like, because she's single. What was Antoine Fuqua doing on vacation without his family? How, does you, how do you even swing that? There's just a lot of, you know, unless I have an open marriage or something, but I don't think they do. Leela Rashawn put her uh, Instagram on private the day after it happened. I'm sure she didn't want people, you know, say, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Either people are telling you to leave him or people are dragging your husband and calling him everything but a child of God and you still love him. You don't necessarily want to give up 19 years or, or they're saying nasty things about her weight because people come and troll celebrities to their faces. That's what they do. So I just am so confused why he gets to be radio silent. Like if that is not the epitome of male privilege, I don't know what is. People have no expectation as a man that you're going to be faithful at all. Like you literally do not have to explain your presence on vacation with another woman, but this woman does. I'm not sure. And, and I don't think it's because of her history of dating a lot of like rich men. Like she was married to Michael Strahan before that. She seems to have a thing for an NBA players or NFL players rather. And to that, I say, I don't know. I feel like once I find out you've dated three athletes, I'm not going to say it's you're a gold digger, but I don't think it's for the conversation. Um, I don't know what I don't. There's just a lot of head injuries in football. I'm going to say it. There's a lot of head injuries. I'm, I'm going to say it. Okay. I'm going to say it. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. So, yeah, that was that was from concussion. So, I don't know. It's I was horrified. I just, I'm really angry about it. I, I don't know where Antoine Fuqua is. I don't know what's going down. How is it that the non-married person is the one that has to explain the affair? It's really bizarre, and I'm just surprised no one has talked about it more. Okay, time for some more mess. Lil Duval is a comedian that is known for being, mostly known for being little. He periodically comes out of his troll cave to say nasty things. He's very, this is the same person that went on The Breakfast Club and said that if a trans woman tricked him, he would kill them. He didn't, he may not have said that directly, but he intimated like that he would enact some sort of violence against, um, someone if they turned out to be trans that he was dating why everyone thinks that this is like likely to happen to them I don't know like this is not a thing trans people want to stay alive and you usually just don't have sex with someone without knowing that they've had gender reassignment surgery so I don't understand anyway moving on he's gross so he continues to be gross he tweets this a few days ago I hate the big, curly, bushy hair look. I'm not saying stop wearing it, ladies. I personally just don't like it. I like every other style, though, especially the straight hair look. But that big Afro lion shit, no can do. <sighs> okay, it's not that as a, as a man who's 5'2", you can't have opinions. It's just that no one cares about those opinions. I swear I'm not Haidus. I'm usually not Haidus. But if there is something about you that's societally considered to be less than ideal, less than the, yeah, ideal is the word I wanted, less than the ideal of beauty, even within different subsets of the population. Like, I mean, I, you know, 
I, being a black woman, may not be a European standard of beauty, but whatever. But yeah, I'm just saying, I would think one would be judicious about the critical things you say about someone else's appearance. But he doesn't have that uh, foresight, so uh, he was just completely destroyed on the internet. Uh, some responses are just like, you're 5'2". That was it. That was that was it. You're five two. Period. You don't meet the height requirement for this type of opinion. Um, okay. And so then, lest we be offended that a black man says he doesn't like our phenotypically black hair texture, he he wanted, he clarified for us that it wasn't about race and added, and it seems like women love that shit the most. I think they like it because they think it's a distraction from imperfections or some shit. And to all the black women, I'm speaking on everybody. I hate a bushy head white woman too. I hate seeing a bushy head white woman too. Had to say that because I know how y'all get even though y'all still gonna be mad. Much like in the vein of Nicole Murphy, what did you think this clarifying statement did for you, actually? So what can we say? I mean, okay, there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said about this type of gaslighting as overused as the term is sometimes oh I'm just use a lot okay and I'm uh, as a millennial I'm gonna take that out like we destroyed that word which is a very useful word but I mean gaslighting it is basic this is basically how all oppression operates that really stern white lady who teaches about white privilege it's like her life calling she wears kind of like aviators or thick glasses and her hair looks like a helmet and then they always start crying in her seminars I think she's the one who was quoted to say that denial of racism is the nature by which racism operates. And I would argue the same for sexism, misogyny, domestic abuse. Like anytime someone can do something to you and tell you that you're the problem, that's a method. Not only is that abusive because it's like messing with your head, it's, it's a way to keep the behavior going. It's a way to keep doing the thing to you. Without, you know, getting in trouble, without getting caught, without being forced to stop by any legal body or ethical body or anything like that. So I just I'm not sure why that's such a pervasive mode of defense. To me, it seems just kind of like, no, I know you are. But what am I like being like, you're such a bitch. I didn't say that. Like, I don't get it. Um, But like, I just feel like you could have picked one or the other like modes of defending this. Like you you could just stand by what you said and say, I know you're going to be mad. But this is what I this is how I love this is what I think. But then to fake clarify and say that you meant bushy haired white women, too, even though you said afros is really, really, really strange. And 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 yes, an afro like is a style like no, most people's hair doesn't grow in a beautiful circular halo blown out. You have to pick it out. You have to shape it up. But to just say you don't like big, curly, bushy hair. So you you just describe like the spectrum of black hair like please shut the fuck up and sit down you're an idiot then he even continues saying y'all ever try to spoon a girl with bushy hair now we all know where this went people saying i don't know have you you're the little spoon i mean they went in as they rightfully should but i just think that it's i don't you know when you hang around certain circles of people that are like maybe more educated they'll tell you stuff like oh, but no one really thinks like this. Like, you know, why do you, this is a small percentage of people. It's overblown. But I, I think that it is an oppressive overhanging thing that every 
once in a while, every month or so. I mean, Chris Brown just said, which I didn't talk about on the show because I just didn't want to talk about him. But he said that he tells his uh, security guards only let the girls with nice hair come to the back. And there was a Love and Hip Hop rapper whose name I don't remember because I'll, I'll learn it when she gets more famous. Like if she's the next Cardi B, I'll know it by then. But she said... Um, she said that, like, she could verify this. Like, she'd been to a show. She'd seen him only letting, like, light-skinned girls with, like, straight or wavy hair back. And uh, he came out saying, like, if any of you girls have a problem with this, you're just ugly anyway. Your edges are, like, struggle edges and all this kind of... I mean, just vitriol, just spewing vitriol, which, how frightening, right? I was going to say... <laughs> gonna say he sounds like the type of person that would like that sounds like someone who would like abuse someone well yeah that you that's the way you handle any type of criticism is is a a bit terrifying but anyway this is common this happens a lot you know whatever rapper i think it was future that said black girls shouldn't wear dark-skinned girls shouldn't wear red lipstick or something like that um i just don't know why we have to go through this and the reason i take the time to make fun of the guy's appearance is because there's never, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it doesn't take anything for a man to feel like an authority on these things. It doesn't take anything for them to feel like their opinion should really matter. I mean, there's even people, you know, I have I have relatives who get on Facebook every morning and say stuff like, if you're 30 and you're a woman, if you're a woman and you're 30 and you don't have any kids, like, you're the problem, and just weird stuff like that, and it's like, I just gotta put my foot down, there's a longer list of male problems, you know, women are taught to work on themselves, and be considerate of other people, and assess ourselves, and judge ourselves from a young age, and men, they just, they get an awesome pass, they think they're awesome, even though they bring nothing to the table, like, they'll even attack you if they think you're attractive, I gotta, I got an OkCupid message, like, I remember a couple years ago when OkCupid was open, like, anyone could message you, from this guy who looked like, what was that movie, Kung Fu Panda? He looked like that. He looked like a Kung Fu Panda. And he sent me a message that said, beauty is common, but what else do you have to offer? And I'm like, okay, first of all, my profile is exquisitely curated and written. I update the books and stuff that I've read. I have any, I have planted conversation starters in there like a roadmap and the smart guys that actually get a date pick it up and say oh that I like that book too or I won't I mean I've given like lines like literally like one-liners that they say back to me because that's the kind of bitch I am okay and you are gonna tell me so you didn't even read it just but you're attacking me and I didn't ask for you that's what I'm saying like when these guys write these songs on things on the internet it's like don't come for me if I didn't send for you it'd be one thing if you want to just luxuriate in your Eurocentric standards and you love the smell of like burnt crispy fried straightened hair and that just gets you off in the morning do it but why do you have to tell people who don't want anything from you weren't thinking about you weren't doing anything that you don't like the way they look when they wake up in the morning like that's just awful so anyway I don't know I don't know why people do that he even told a news outlet as soon as I pressed send I was like oh this is gonna get me into trouble and yet and yet you could not, you know, if my therapist would say, let's, let's like, we should interrogate that as an experience, experiment. What kind of situations do you um, 
feel like you're about to do something really fucking stupid and you just do it anyway. I think you're going to have to, little Duvall, I think you're going to have to like sit with that and just like watch it. Just watch it. Interrogate those, those impulses. Because I don't know what you, I don't know why you wanted this dragging. This, this is, this is just like putting yourself on punishment. Well, to continue this conversation about saying what you really mean and sticking by it and not making excuses, which, I mean, neither Nicole or Little Duval uh, demonstrated that very well, I would like to talk about the real MVP. She is possibly the real MVP of the year. Her name is something I didn't remember because, honestly, she's retired, sadly. I wish she still had a job so she could get fired from it. But she's a North Carolina woman. Her name is publicly out there. She was in a restaurant, a bonefish grill, if you will. And she went up to two patrons and told them they need to quiet it down. And they eloquently said, like, you don't have a right to police our behavior. I mean, she didn't say, like, hey, I I can't, honestly don't know a nice context to say keep it down if you're in a restaurant as I think about it. You just kind of have to, like, roll your eyes and take that L if someone is actually being loud. Because it's a celebratory environment. Like, drinks are flowing. You can't really... It's just not a library. It's not a cafe. You really can't come up to someone and tell them to be... Like, ask them to quiet it down. I just can't... I don't... I can't imagine an instance where you could tell someone to whisper over dinner. You don't know what is a party. You don't know what they're celebrating. You just... You don't know. But, of course, white privilege. She felt entitled to demand that these two black women be quiet. And they didn't even say anything that to her that they could have. They didn't drag her. They just said, you don't, like, you can't tell us what to do with our, you know, you don't get to, like, control our behavior. And she said, you stupid niggers, and walked away. This was all caught on camera. I don't know how people know how to turn their camera on so fast. So, hmm, I wonder if the lady was, like, making faces at them before, and they were just like, let me flip this on. But let me tell you, this white lady told the local news outlet that she doesn't regret what she said and she would say it again. She said that she has anxiety. That's what she said on camera, that she had anxiety and it was making the loudness in the restaurant like hard to deal with. Now, again, this all sounds like a melody I used to know called somebody else's problems. Somebody somewhere might care about you. But I don't. I made that up. But maybe I'll write the full song to that. I don't care. This is no one's problem. Then you need your your rescue, your uh, emotional support ostrich to come with you to the restaurant and peck you in the side and keep you calm as you count to 10. Okay? That's nobody's issue. Like, you can't go around places that you can't handle. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and complain about it. So she came up, let's just call that an excuse that she came up with afterwards. Her anxiety made the noise intolerable. And she said, um, so I, they were rude and they were awful people and that's what they were. And the news anchor, not anchor, the, the reporter says, do you think that warrants calling them the N-word? And she's like, yes. And she's like, but you said the N-word. And I think she might have repeated it again and said something like, that's what they were. And no, I don't regret it. And she said, would you do anything differently if, if you could do it again? And she said, no, I don't. I would do it again. I said what I said and I'd do it again. 
Okay. I honestly wanted to applaud. I haven't seen someone be honest about their actions in one of these viral videos. The whole, like, is it a year that this really has been going on and taking off these viral vids? I haven't seen it. I was like, go ahead, sis. Go ahead, Nancy with the KKK hood. Do the damn thing. You said what you said and you meant it. And I wish she would have stuck by it. But then I read other statements that she said and she's she she felt the need to fall on the most what what is this? I feel like there's a wall, a cultural pop culture wall that's not the boundaries not being permeated between people who still think this is a meaningful thing to say and people who know that it's a joke. She said, I have lots of black friends. Um no, you don't. I mean, A, no, you don't, number one. A, number one, no, you don't. But B, is, is are we really, I guess society's still a little sheltered in that way that there's people that don't know that when you say I have black friends, like the rest of us start laughing. I thought everyone knew that that was a joke by now. So here's why I know you don't have lots of black friends. You're a bitch you're unpleasant and you're racist. So no black people want to hang around you. But number two, most people don't even have a lot of friends, period. Like friends, especially when you're 71, those are people that have been through some shit with you that you can rely on. Yes, we have friends in different, you know, social circles, different areas we're in, but what, where would you get a lot of black friends from? Like, where would you even get a lot of them from at 71? Did you like work side by side in the factory for years. Like you live before you were born before segregation. I don't even, that's stupid. You have a lot of black friends. You don't have a lot of friends. If you had one good friend, they would have told you to sit your ass down and not get in an unwarranted confrontation with people. However, like I said, the part that bothers me is her age and she can't get fired. Like, is this someone with nothing to lose or are we in an era where people are feeling emboldened to really say what they mean? Like, go back where you came from. Maybe that's it. Uh, I heard, uh, I think it was a podcast that gave some good historical perspective around that, that when kids were integrating the schools, when the Little Rock Nine were integrating thousands of white people stood outside and said, yes, this is a tangent, a pivot from this story. Thousands of white people stood outside and said, go back to Africa. So the idea that you can't be really saying go back home because that's an African-American. It's so puerile and made up. Let's just stop the foolishness right here. So this woman, oh yeah, she also said, yeah, it is a word that I use. And I, and I, and I, you know, and I meant it. She said, it's, she said, it's in my repertoire, bitch. I love it. I love it. Cause everybody else, what do they say? That's not me. That person isn't me, which has existentially, like, it's just a very confusing thing to say that that statement has confused me with all of the apologies. Like, how did we get to the point where we can just say that you, that you do something and just say it wasn't, it wasn't me. Like, what does that mean? It literally was you. So, yeah, she's she's she stood by her she stood by her convictions and I just you were doing so well, Nancy. I don't know why you had to throw in the I have lots of black friends thing. It erodes your entire stance 
of standing firm in your racist word. But, you know, maybe next time you'll do better, perhaps with the next, you know, assault. Maybe you'll escalate things and you won't take it back. We can only hope good things for Nancy. Hi, this is Aisha Curry. If you're anything like me, you're intent on having the best hot girl mom summer of your life. But there's only one question. Where do we get the hours, right? How do we fit it all in? Well, not to worry. This summer, I've released an exclusive Hot Girl Mom Summer Hourly Planner. Our Hot Girl Mom Summer Hourly Planner will help you live your best life, but fit it in to 24 hours. Yas! Because Beyonce only has 24 hours in a day, as I always say. (laughs) I love her. I love her. I'm really up on pop culture. Queen Brown Skin Girl! (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm such a dork. Focus, Aisha, focus. Okay, let's get into it. On page one of our Hot Girl Mom Summer Hourly Planner, you'll find instructions on how to knit lightweight summer scarves because you're going to be going to the movies and you're going to be going a lot. And you might even see something rated R, okay? (laughs) But you don't want to get cold because the AC is really, really strong and that's how everybody gets sick. And we can't have that. No, no, no. We can't have anyone getting sick. Bad mom, bad, bad. (laughs) Anyway, I made this planner for hot girl moms like me. And I know that you're gonna be busy this summer boiling original Montreal style bagels and doing laundry. That is why the 4,000 pages of this book contain 2,208 hours of planned activities for every hour of summer. Don't worry, you can thank me later and I know your family will be so happy you did this for them because unstructured time is the devil's workshop. So instead of spending the summer months like we do the winter months crying and thinking about Jesus, well, at least the way I do, flip to the back of the book and make those rosé cupcakes and Chardonnay smoothies. I know you will love them. And if you're wondering how the alcohol cooks off of those items to make them kid safe, it doesn't. But everyone's going to finally sleep at night and be quiet for once. Okay, hot girl mom summer to the rescue. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Booyaka, booyaka. Oh, crap. Cheryl Willis, a news anchor from Spectrum New York One, is going viral. So far, a 30-second clip of her has 3 million views. Most of those views, I think, are because Trevor Noah shared this and like made it one of his major jokes of the day and like did some fun editing. But uh, she and her co-anchor were covering a story about a MAGA-themed wedding in which everything was Make America Great Again themed, and Trump showed up, which is just weird if you think about it. I wrote a letter to Bill Clinton when I was nine and was like, I drew a picture of him playing the saxophone. I'd seen the late night show, and I was just, you know, I was don't know why I was like, I guess I've always wanted to be involved in, you know, politics or engaged with it and cared. So you get a card back when you message the president saying, you are a future, like, thank you. He didn't show up in my backyard to play saxophone on the swing set. So again, just an egomaniac being an egomaniac. But Trump showed up and the co-anchor is reading and he's like, the bride and groom say that whether you are a fan of Trump or not, it was an exciting time and a great wedding. And it's like, that's highly debatable. Did you really ask anyone? 
And then um, the co-anchor says, you, you got to admit, it's pretty cool that he, he showed up in person. Just really excitably. Cheryl takes like just like a millisecond breath and she just launches right into. And now more news about the tug of war with ASAP Rocky. Like she refused to dignify it with an answer, but the timing was just, just on the hair of like long enough of a meaningful pause that you know someone is getting ignored. I mean, it was masterful shade, masterful, masterful shade. It was a split second that she took for you to know that she was literally ignoring him. And he was just kind of left hanging. Like, like he, he had like inhaled a breath. Like he was ready to say, uh, yeah, Cheryl, uh-huh, or like something else, just something else. Like, you know, a noise that like wraps up a segment, like, all right. And he didn't get to say it. He was left with his mouth hanging open and she just went right on to the next topic. It was everything. It was mm, delicious and hilarious. And just a, I mean, you don't get to turn to your black anchor and say, isn't it cool that the man that told you to go back where you came from is here? I don't know what, what it's going to take. And I know, I know that initially, like not every white person that voted for Trump was racist. They didn't care a lot about other people getting treated racistly, but I know that it's not like every single person that voted for Trump was like a card carrying KKK member at first, at the beginning, there were dumb people that really did just want to shake things up that also didn't care about, you know, colluding with Russian governments and grabbing pussies and lots of other problematic things too. And there are people that didn't know about his past um, racist, you know, Central Park Five stuff and the the uh, real estate things, like not renting to black people. I get it. However, now with everything that's come out, I really need us to get to get to the point where you realize that it's not a game. It's not a joke. This is not just, I don't like someone, he's annoying. This is our safety at stake. The way I am treated and perceived in the country is declining because of the inflammatory things that this man says. He's dangerous. He said how he feels and what he wants to do to us. He said there's good people on both sides of a, of a rally, of a white nationalist rally after someone was killed there. This, so don't turn to your black coworker and say, well, you got to admit it's pretty cool. No, I fucking don't. No, I don't have to admit it was cool. Because A, it's not cool. It's fucking weird. And B, no, I don't. Because I don't think it's cool. So don't put me on the spot like that. He was out of line for putting her on the spot. Be neutral. Be, you know, I don't know if this is the kind of news station where you're like reporting about cats getting stuck in trees or something. But try to pretend like you're an actual journalist and just say what happened. Someone had a wacky wedding and the president showed up. That's what happened. And a word on these two clowns that had a MAGA-themed wedding. The wedding is supposed to be about you two getting married. You had to put a third person in there, which was the president, which is just makes me feel like it's just a testament to his like cult-like status. Like I couldn't imagine someone having not his cult-like status. Rather, what I mean to say is he's starting a movement that is a belief spirit that's like a lifestyle, which is that like fuck everyone brown, take the country back to the way it was before. That's and to me you having a wedding celebrating him is like, it's not the same thing as having an American flag themed wedding, which is one of the tackiest things I could ever imagine. Do other countries, are other countries patriotic like us? Do other countries put their flag all over everything? I think it varies. I think Brazil does. I feel like Brazil does. Maybe if you could, maybe if you could like national, international like sports team. But anyway, um, I feel like they are showing us what their values are and, 
I'm not being, putting this very well, but what I mean to say is it just reminds me that Trump is not just a person. He represents this whole movement and it's creepy. He's a belief system. He's a religion for these clowns. Like, cause otherwise, how would you just have a president themed wedding? That's fucking strange. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> okay. I got that off my chest as best I could. I actually had read about them and what I read about before must've been the bridal. What is that other thing people do to get more gifts? Wedding shower. It must made of his wedding shower, unless they're not the first person to have a MAGA wedding. But I, I'd read about some people who were having a big life event MAGA theme. And I think it was the bridal shower or, and I, or no, maybe it was a different wedding, but I neglected to, I didn't neglect. I selected to not cover it here. Cause I didn't want to, I was just like, this is, Weird, but there we are. So in some of the biggest political news this week, the governor of Puerto Rico has resigned. That's right, the governor whom Trump thought was the president because he didn't know that he is actually in charge of Puerto Rico since it's part of America. This is uh, in the wake of a scandal that people have been called calling WikiLeaks or Chatgate. Uh, hundreds of text messages from the governor have been released, and they were really horrifying. We'll get into the contents of that in a second, but... People took to the streets protesting. Some people were on water skis, jet skis, sliding around. Ricky Martin was there. Bad Bunny was there. Like, the whole island was up in arms. And let me tell you, if you've never been to a Puerto Rican protest, you need to get to one immediately. It was lit AF. I was listening to The Daily covering the story, and the journalist said, well, and there were these protest chants, and... Of course, it's a Caribbean island, so the percussion was just amazing. And I'm like, what is she talking about? That's never, like, what? Let me tell you, the protest songs need to be recorded. They were making up these beats, and I, the way you say, I think they were telling him to resign is renuncia. Renuncia is probably saying that wrong. But they're like, Ricky, renuncia. Ricky, renuncia. Ricky, renuncia. I was like, yo, he could just dance his way out of office. Anyway, it was really inspiring to see people standing up for something. Um, it kind of in some way paralleled what we're going through, watching scandal after scandal after scandal, and wondering how do you actually put pressure on I mean, even if it weren't to, you know, impeach this person, how do we put pressure to just have a standard of composure and behavior that is, you know, acceptable, that we've all agreed upon? Because I think even some of Trump's uh, supporters are embarrassed by some of the crazy things he tweets sometimes and things like that. So anyway, the reason that this uh, scandal came to a head is because hundreds of text messages between different government officials and the governor came out. And the contents were really shocking that it was misogynist. It talked about diverting funds for the hurricane. It mocked people who had died in the hurricane. They called some female, they called like one, a Puerto Rican mayor, like a whore, a puta madre or something like that, and said that he would shoot her. And then on top of the stuff that may be like greed-driven, avarice, greed, like we expect those things, it was just being nasty to even your supporters. He, he's texted them a picture of a, a chubby kid 
and said, no, I haven't lost weight. That's just the, uh, the optics of the room next to him or something like that. I was just like, this is someone who wanted to shake your hand. What's actually wrong with like, who also, who just thinks fat people are like funny just in their existence. I was just like, this is a mess. So the protest started and he responded to them by saying, well, I recognize this is a hit, a hard hit. This is a blow, but still the business of government must go on. Huh? No, sir, you're not understanding. No one wants you to do this. Nobody likes you. No, we don't like you. I, I was like, who is his advisor that he, they were just like, yes, yes, you all hate me, but that's above me now. Um, blah, blah, blah. Back to business as usual. Like, no, people are riding outside of your house. Like, this is madness. So finally, I, I just, it's so interesting to think of who his advisors were and like just the levels of like corruption and nastiness that have to be like, who was around you that was like, oh, you'll get through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell them, tell them you heard what they said and put it in suggestion box and they'll get over it in a few days. It's like, you must not understand the severity of what you did. And you obviously kind of don't because I think on some level you wouldn't have texted it. I mean, there's things that you don't want to get out, but just do people really create like 800 pages of things that would ruin them? That's my question. Like, I feel like the average person has like one lie that they've told or one like shitty thing that they've said that if that came out could really fuck up at least like one relationship or screw them over. But I feel like if you were to have volumes and volumes of things that you know could ruin your career and especially in places where that are corrupt where your career is tied to like how your whole family and whole clan of people like eat and stay, stay blessed and stay richer than everybody else. I feel like if you had that, you would, it would be like a big weight on your mind or shoulders or something. I don't know. I really do try to understand the judgment that some of these people show, and I don't really get it. But anyway, he finally resigned. Uh, I think it was yesterday. He finally resigned. And it's cool to see. I mean, it kind of is like the the, the spring. Uh, what is uh, I'm about to sound stupid. What is it? The Twitter spring? Arab spring? You know what I'm talking about. It's nice to see things happen with a movement successfully. And... I think that's something we need to remember. I don't think Americans really remember how to protest sometimes. It's to the point where people complaining and dissenting from other opinions and trying to change things is viewed as being a terrorist and you should go back where you came from. Which, I mean, if you think about it, it really makes no sense because if you wanted to destroy a country, you would actually be a terrorist. You would just burn it down. You wouldn't try to do tedious legal processes and lobbying and, well, well, I guess lobbying is bad. But, I mean, you know what I mean, like... You wouldn't join Congress, but I digress. The point is that we kind of, I feel like we've lost track of the fact that this country, I don't like to talk about how the country started, like it was awesome, because let's be real, it was founded on the blood of my ancestors, but it was started with a political dissent. Like, I, we just have such a schizophrenic kind of view of ourselves. Like, it's like we, you know, we embrace the rebel part when we want to, then we value everyone falling in line. And by we, I mean like white people in the Midwest, but you know what I mean, the majority or whatever they are, the people that matter, the working class, the people that set the tone for what the values are going to be. It just vacillates between everyone doing the same thing 
and then everyone being an individual and getting to do what they want and having freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Oh, but we don't really like that religion. Oh, America's a melting pot. My grandmother came here during a potato famine. Oh, but I don't want any more immigrants because we have too many. Shut down the borders. Like, it's very confusing. I have to say, like, I just feel like if an alien came down to watch, they'd be like, hmm, girlfriend, what are you really about? Do you want some CBD, like, tea? You need to calm down. Like, what do you, what's really, what do you really, what do you stand for? That's, that's how I feel. Um, to cover the last thing I wanted to get to that we have to address is the Mueller, I feel like people started to say Mueller again. Okay. I, I, is that just me? But anyway, Mueller hearings came and went. Nothing super eventful happened from them. Uh, I haven't really turned on the news today. I recorded part of this on Thursday and today is Friday. So I don't know. Nothing really eventful happened since I turned on the news last night. I will say that I tried to watch them as an avid watcher of political events and just like I want to be here when history happens so I can tell my grandkids later. Um, be like, be like, Susie, you know how grandma learned what oral sex was? From the president. Just bedtime stories. But I was bored and I had to turn it off. I mean, he... I guess did what he said he was going to do. He, first of all, was instructed to only cover like a narrow scope of things. I have never heard of people setting the terms for what you can talk about in like a kind of discovery process. You can only talk about the things I want you to talk about. Well, then we're not going to find out a lot of new stuff, are we? So he, you know, I he was not present. He didn't present himself as this razor sharp analytical prosecutor that people lauded him to be and kept getting up there and saying like, thank you for your service, 007. He, they just, uh, he just seemed like quiet and almost confused. And like, he'd be like, I'm not familiar with this. Tell me what this is. But anyway, a hundred, over 150 times he had to say, uh, I, I'm not going to answer that. No, I won't answer that to like everything. So the Congress people who, questioned him were basically kind of just structured their arguments so that they were saying they were making their own point with someone interjecting. Like, I can't answer that. The only, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it's above me now. He, he, it's above me now his way through almost everything. Um, the only thing I will say is that he, someone did get an answer out of him. Then the, and that's where he seems to perk up is when you ask about Russian involvement in our, elections and someone a black gentleman who was a representative and he was a he's like as an ex-CIA agent I you know have been thinking a lot about this threat to our security can you tell me do you think that this is something that happened once or is actively is still going on are there plans for the future he said oh actively right now it's among our biggest threats and then he got him to say so what would you say when you said that about this quote and quoted President Trump saying, there's WikiLeaks. It's amazing. WikiLeaks? I love WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. He said it is uh, disturbing is an understatement. I believe that was disturbing, upsetting, inappropriate or something is an understatement. One of those, uh, one of those words. So we got him to take a stance on one thing. But I have to say, like, when something is, like, 12 billion, zillion, bagillion, jillion hours long, both of parties, you know, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, 
They're going to make the sound bites they want out of it, and their analysts are going to do what they want. I don't think anything remarkable happened, and unfortunately, I don't think people are going to listen to the, I want to say fine print. It's, it's like he did say, also the important thing he said was, they asked him, did you ever say you exonerated uh, Trump from all collusion? No, I did not. Did you ever say that you know, your investigation found that he didn't collude with Russia? No, I did not say that. That's it. I mean, it would have been great if he'd only said those two statements because everything else kind of weakens it in comparison. It's just a lot of, I can't speak to that, I can't speak to that. I mean, someone, one of the Republicans asked him, can you prove that Russia influenced the elections? And it's like, sir, is your point that, like, they did meddle, but we don't really know the harm it did? Like, it's okay, because we don't know if it really changed anyone's mind. Like, call grandma and ask her if the bots on Facebook really got her to change her vote. Like, that's a kind of gross point to be arguing. And unpatriotic, if I might say. Like, what is your point exactly? And, you know, Mueller said that wasn't his purview, which it's not. Like, I could have told you that it wasn't. Like, that would involve some sort of surveying that I feel like would be really hard to even quantify. I mean, that's just, how is that even quantifiable? I mean, maybe it is some, like, what you can quantify is how much contact and interaction people had with the bots, but who can say psychologically that this is the exact reason that I did this thing? Um, I mean, unless the bots were actually, <laughs> like, what if they were, like, little robots going and, like, actually registering people to vote, like, taking them to the polls, putting their finger, like, I mean, beyond that, no, they're, they're just internet avatars and Twitter accounts, unfortunately. So it was underwhelming as a whole. And he really, you know, neutrality is his game. He wouldn't even read any of his report out loud. He didn't want any sound bites of him in the, in, you know, saying anything in his own voice. He was like, look, I am retired after this and I'm going to ski. That's what's happening. You won't find me back on the news anymore. I won't be there. Don't call me. So he looked tired though. I will say he looked kind of, I like to think that, I mean, I don't like to think, but I wonder if inside of this facade, he is just like frustrated and confused that this is what the government that he has worked for, for, you know, like 40 years has come to. I mean, I almost feel like he thinks it's beneath him. He's just like, is this really happening type deal? But that's, again, I can admit that I'm a little projecting that a little bit because we don't know. He, he did like a stoic, bumbling professor act. And maybe it was just an act, but whatever it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't good TV. It wasn't at Bravo Reunion. All right, that's it. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Cake and Kombucha. Please, if you want to hear certain topics, you can email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. But most importantly, I ask that you go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe and rate. Apple Podcasts is the biggest podcast vendor. I don't know what the word is. Host. Um, there's. I'm on all the other platforms too. No shade to the Android havers. But... This is the one that will set the algorithm so that we can get more listeners. And more listeners means I can have time and support to make more content. So I appreciate you. Thank you for being a fan for 35 episodes. And I will holla at you next time. 
Cake and Kombucha is produced, hosted by Kalechi Aza. It's recorded on location in Brooklyn, New York. It features music by Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, hit her up at Spotify or at MelanieJBCharles.com. I'm out of my head And I'm out of my head Now, yeah, yeah, they don't go